What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode four here with Levin and Xander on our podcast, Eat When You Can, Sleep When You Can, and Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. Today, we are going to be talking about the match. The match day. And we're not talking about the match with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. Which, much more enjoyable (laughs) than the actual match that we went through. Uh, Definitely enjoyable. I enjoyed watching. It was fun to watch. It was hilarious. Tom Brady... Draining that from <laughs> wherever. I, what was he? He was like 120 yards out. Yeah. And he started talking shit. I loved it. That was ESPN's The Match. This is <clears throat> NMBE's The Match. NBME. You know what I mean. Yeah, you were close. <laughs> it's whatever it is. Yep. Some some combination of letters. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it'd be a good idea, you know, just for the people who maybe aren't residents or medical students listening to just kind of talk about real quick the match in general, what it means, what it is. I know in my family where I come from, I was one of the first people to finish college. Okay. There's no one in medicine in my family that doesn't exist. So my family really didn't understand what the match was. They didn't really get that you can go to med school, but you can't be any doctor you want, which is, which is a, which is a concept that I think is foreign to the majority of the general public. Unless you're in this field like we are and you're around this every day, we lose sight and we lose you know, the, the focus that the general public does not understand once you go to medical school and you have to go to residency, that you have to match into a residency, into a program, into something that you're interested in, but it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get to do what you want to do. No, not at all. And I remember this specifically because back when I was a little kid, um, I always wanted to be a cardiologist just because of my own personal medical history and my, my story into medicine. Uh, but <clears throat> as I got older, went to undergrad, finally got to around medical school times and did some learning about how that's not simply just a it, desire alone will not get you there. You know, the, the road to get into these specific fellowships, these subspecialty surgical fields, one, it's a very long road. Two, it's extremely difficult and very competitive and we have some numbers that we're going to kind of talk about a little bit related to the match, um, just how competitive general surgery has become. And as you said, what it all means and, and what it kind of entails. And so I guess the match in general is something that occurs during your fourth year of medical school. Um, you do your two years in the classroom. You do your two years in the clinical setting. Um, and then eventually it becomes time to apply to residency and then the match happens. Doc, what is what does it mean? What is the actual match? Yeah, so, you know, the match is this uh, fairy tale land of a computer algorithm that exists um, that is put together by the... NBME. Thank you. And essentially all it is is a list that you create as a fourth-year or third-year medical student. You create a list and... Um, this is after your interviews, after you, you know, you have to get accepted for interviews as well, which is a whole mm-hmm. nother portion of this we can talk about here in a second. But in general, what the match is, you've, you've done these interviews, you've done these things, and you have an idea of what you want to do, whether that's emergency medicine, orthopedic surgery, cardio, uh, you know, cardiology, whatever you want to do whenever you were young, plastic surgery, whatever it may be. Okay. You've interviewed, let's say you've interviewed at 10 places for emergency medicine. What the match is, is you take those 10 places and you order them one through 10 in the order that you want to go to them. 
And you may not order all 10 if you didn't like one of them. Maybe just do one through nine. Whatever. You make a list. You make a rank list is what it's called. You rank them in order of your preference for where you want to train. Okay? All those programs in the entire country also submit a list. So every single one of those programs have interviewed all these residents, hundreds of residents, some of these programs. And let's say the emergency medicine spot at LSU has, go Tigers, by the way, has 10 Wrong spots. Tigers. <laughs> has 10 spots at the emergency medicine spot, okay? And they've interviewed 100 people. The emergency medicine program will rank out of those 100 their top 10 or 20 or 30 because you're not guaranteed to perfectly match all 10. So you you make your rank list. The residents make their rank list or the, or the med students make their rank list and the programs make their rank list. All that gets submitted to something called the match, which is this universe of a world that none of us know, and it is an algorithm that's a computer-generated algorithm that also none of us know that tries to match potential med student with potential residency program. And word on the street is it's preferential to the med students. We don't know if this is true. Nobody knows if it's true. What we do know is if I submit to LSU EM program as their, my number one choice out of the 10 that I interviewed, and they put me as their number one choice, there's a guarantee I'm going to go there. We're going to match. If they list me as their number 10th applicant and I have them as number one, theoretically, you should match at LSU because theoretically, they have 10 spots and it is supposed to be preferential to the applicant. And the applicant put them as number one and they put them in their top 10, so you should go there. Now, you can imagine how this can start to get in the weeds, which is why this is all computer algorithm-based, when you have multiple programs ranking multiple people at number one or two or three. And you have potentially, let's say, 100 med students who all ranked LSU's EM program as number one. That's exactly right. What then happens? What happens is not everybody matches, or you don't get your number one. Either way, you know... I think matching in general should be is an extreme accomplishment, and it should be celebrated, um, even if you're matching at your tenth place, because uh, the alternative is not matching. Uh, Doc, when you were approaching March uh, two years ago, uh, what were your thoughts approaching Match Day? Were you terrified? What was the what was the feeling going into that month, knowing that Match Day was on the horizon? Um, I think everybody's going to approach that month differently. It depends on the feedback. I think you get. Obviously, there is no um, no way that program directors and, and residencies are supposed to tell you that you were their top choice or not. I think they can kind of hint at it. I think, you know, it's not bad juju for programs and for applicants to reach out to each other if they really are interested in each other and just show your interest in each other. Um, that personally happened for me with a few different programs. Uh, you know, a few programs that I'd ranked high also reached out to me. So, I had a good feeling that I was going to rank in my mm-hmm. top. Um, but there's always still an underlying anxiety that you're just not, you know, I mean, that that is going to exist for anybody. I mean, it doesn't right. matter who you are. There is underlying anxiety that you're going to open that that envelope and it's you don't know what it's going to say, where it's going to be. Now, granted, you know, we will talk about this. You do get an email a week before the envelope comes in. Yep. So you get an email that says, congratulations, you matched, or... Sorry, you didn't match. You need to do the soap. The soap, or we, we call it the scramble. Okay. 
Um, you get that email a week out from match day. So you know immediately whether or not you did or didn't match. You know, thankfully, mine said I matched. Sure, George said the same. But I, I obviously have friends who chose tougher residency programs like neurosurgery who did not match, unfortunately, and had to soap. And what the soap is, as quickly as we can put it in this episode so we're not spending too much time on it, it is all the programs that after the match algorithm finished that still have open spots. So let's say LSU had those 10 spots. Let's just say they didn't fill all 10 for whatever reason out there in the world. They didn't fill all 10. They have a they only filled nine people because the way the algorithm worked, they just put all the other people at other programs and LSU has a spot left. LSU would then be in the soap with a, with a spot in EM. And so you would see that. The people that have the soap get onto the soap website. It gives them access to every program that has openings. And then you basically reapply. You submit again for those programs. And those programs are also trying to fill their spot. So their interviews and all these things happen very, very quickly. My friends that were in the soap, it's literally overnight kind of stuff. You submit the stuff that day, you might be getting phone calls that afternoon mm-hmm. from that residency trying to interview you because they want to fill this spot. Yep. And that's the soap. So the, the, the whole and the whole purpose of the soap is to try to get you a job and get you a spot in a residency program. By the time everybody else opens their letters the next week, you also have secured a job and a spot. Yep. And um, with that said, though, you know that that goes back to the whole idea of you may not be able to do what you think you want to do, and that concept is just so foreign to the in to the general population. You know, it was, I think it was foreign to me, honestly, until I started really getting into like, you know, the weeds of medicine and med school. Like I never understood that you could go to med school and become a doctor, but you can't do what you may want to do. Yeah. And I'll touch on that because going into medical school, I knew I wanted to do surgery and specifically I thought I wanted to do orthopedic surgery. You know, I had played sports my whole life. Um, I thought it was a great field of medicine. You get to use power tools, etc. It was going to be I thought, you know, the dream job. Um, And then you quickly realize as you go through medical school and as you're kind of entering into medical school that it's very competitive. It's one of the more competitive specialties for various reasons. Um, There's a lot of people who are extremely smart, accomplished applicants, just like yourself, who go into med school, extremely driven, who get maybe better grades than you do, who are going to do better on step than you do. And they are fighting for all those same spots, which are a limited number of spots in these programs. Um, And so you have to be realistic with yourself. And they have kind of guidance counselors uh, throughout medical school that help you with all this stuff. Um, It's not like you're purely to your own devices to find out, am I qualified enough to do a neurosurgery residency? Yes. And, you know, I think most people, if they know they want to do ortho or neurosurgery or, you know, various integrated even, even general surgery i mean even all these things surgery. that have become super yeah. competitive right in the right. past few years yep most of them realize that it's competitive and so they they set out entering med school of, okay i'm gonna be in the top 10 percent of my class i'm gonna crush step i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get the score i need to get into a program and they set themselves up for success but it's not always guaranteed uh you can have you can be a fantastic student in medical school uh set yourself up with a bunch of interviews and you still may not match you can have all the top scores as well and right. still not match. Yep. Because it's it comes down to just a combination of all those things. It's not just the computer algorithm. Because no. the by the time the computer algorithm is involved, everything else has already been set in place. You've already interviewed at these programs, so they already know if they like you or not. 
You've already taken your step exams, so they know you know your scores. They know your scores. You've obviously been ranked by your med school at some somewhere along mm-hmm. the line. We know all your letters grades. of recommendation, we your, right? We know all your accolades, all your things you've done. So all those things are taken into account by the program directors across the country, and then they pick their residents and then they rank them. And so even if you have all those things and you think that you're a top ranking student, you're still not you're still not guaranteed to get that spot. I'm telling you, it happened to two, two of my buddies who both were going for neurosurgery. Both did really well in our class, um, both right on par with like, you know, all the top of our class, top 25% of our class and did really well and, and, and honestly spent a lot of time in their entire four years of med school with the neurosurgery residency there and the, and the people there and like growing relationships there and still did not match. Yep. And so it happens. It happens every single day. And so, you know, we're, we're in match season now. We're talking about the match, and it's this, you know, I hope we've given you some insight into what the match actually is. It's, it's, it's the, the, the way that potential residents choose their residency program. And, um, you know, I got some numbers here for you because I was pretty interested to see, like, what exactly match data was for last year. And we have it now. And according to, you know, all the online stuff, there was 42,549 applicants last year for residency spots, 42,500 for 36,000 spots. That means there's 7,000, over 7,000 applicants or near 7,000, 6,800 applicants that applied that they don't even have enough spots for. The spots don't exist. That There are no spots. <clears throat> and that that means that there's people finishing medical school that literally do not have a job or a residency, or a place to train, you know, and, and so the MD, allopathic medicine, MD people matched 92.9% of MD American graduate medical students matched almost 93%. DO, uh, osteopathic medicine, 91.3% matched, okay? You still have international medical students that are also applying that you forget about. I think like 60-something percent of them matched, um, you know, we're in the surgery world. So the surgery specific, surgery specific, there's 342 programs in the country, surgical, general surgical programs in the country, 342 of them. That means there's 1,600 spots, a little over 1,600 spots. They had over 3,000 applicants for those 1,600 spots. That means that's that's a 60 to 65% match rate for general surgery last year. That orthopedic surgery had an 80% match rate last year. You know, it, the surgical specialties are becoming so sought after, and I think it has a lot to do with, um, you know, just the future of medicine and where everything's kind of headed, and it's a really good protected field still. Um, you have a lot of advanced practice providers who are starting to really kind of, you know, have their hands more involved in internal medicine fields and emergency medicine mm-hmm. fields and, and all these other, you know, family medicine, these other special, these other, you know, medical fields, whereas the surger, surgical world is still requiring surgical training. Um, and so it's, it's, it's kind of protected moving forward. And I think you're starting to see that in the last five to 10 years and all these different residency programs that are surgical specialties. But I mean, 65% of people matched last year into a, crazy. into a general surgical program here in the United States. It, it, it's amazing. And so the match has been going on since 1976 to 2022. It's been a longstanding process. Amazing. I was looking back at some of the old data back in like the seventies and eighties. There was more spots than there were applicants. Obviously, today that is now switched. I just got done telling you there was only thirty six thousand spots for forty, almost forty three thousand applicants. You know, so all those things kind of matter. But, um, you know, going into match season, you know, my advice to anybody listening to this that is that is preparing their list or or hasn't prepared their list or has prepared their list, 
put the things that put the places you want to go. You know, that that's don't put where you think you're going to get accepted because you need to put where you want to go. Number one, then number two, then number three. Um, you're going to be you're not going to be satisfied if you put where you think you're going to get accepted and you still don't get accepted. And then the places that you really wanted to go, you move further down the rank list and you hurt yourself. OK, we mm-hmm. don't know the algorithm, but I can tell you, you know, the word and from what everyone says, including all the official, the people, they, they say that this is based more on the applicant. So they try to favor the applicant and all this. So, you know, I would say moving forward, put where you want to go first. Obviously, you know, we can talk more about this in another episode, but the things it takes to get to the match, which says the step exams that have now mm-hmm. that, that have changed since we've taken them. Um, you know, obviously the accolades and the things you should want probably try to look to do during medical school and, and interviewing skills. We can we, we can spend another episode with all that. But, you know, specifically with the match this year, you know, best of luck to everyone out there. I hope that we get some awesome people here at University of Tennessee here in Chattanooga. Like I said, we're going to spend some time with some of those applicants. Um, our program's big on trying to get our residents, in, residents involved and, and showing those applicants that we consider, you know, the top of the bunch for our program around the city and, and hosting them and We'll get to do that, so uh, that'll be exciting, and, and we'll kind of do that tonight. Yeah, and some some other uh, advice going into the, the match season. Um, you know, it, go in with as much of a positive attitude as you can. Uh, it's it's scary. It's daunting. I always, I thought the first email where it says you did or didn't match was worse. I thought the stress leading up to that because uh, the implications are a lot greater. Oh, yeah. Um, granted, you know, match day itself. Uh, so it used to be that everyone was, the whole med school class was together. You open your envelope at the same time. Then COVID happened. Now it's an email. Still exciting, still terrifying. Um, but when that, assuming you match, and I hope best of luck to everybody, but when you match, you know, try to go in with whatever results you get with the best attitude possible. Yeah. Because for, you know, for full transparency's sake, I did not rank Chattanooga number one, and it was the biggest gift of my life being matched here. And I'm so th- grateful um, that this is where I ended up because it was absolutely the right program for me. And I think it it's kind of what you were talking about, about don't match where you think you should go or where you think you're going to end up. Match where you want to. Yep. Um, I did, I think, 18 interviews, and I knew that this was the best fit for me here. Um, but there were various reasons, whether it be geography, my family, of why I maybe ranked other programs higher um, when I shouldn't have done that. I should have followed my gut instinct, which was that yeah. this was the best place. I like the people here the most. I like the faculty. Everything screamed, this is the place for me. Um, and thankfully, fate intervened, and this is where I ended up. Um, but, you know, I think that's just a way of remembering, even if you don't get your number one, it may be for the better. Um, and so try to keep a positive attitude. Um, as you enter match season. I think that's great advice, Doc. Hey, once again, thank you all for hanging out with us here on another episode of Eat When You Can, Sleep When You Can, and Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. Hey, y'all. We appreciate y'all listening to today's episode on Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. We hope that you tune in to the next episode. We don't know when it's going to be released. We're so busy. We're just we're putting them out when we get chances to. Uh, we're listening to what you guys tell us. Um, some of y'all send us responses on Instagram. Some of y'all send us direct messages um, on, on TikTok. Whatever it may be, keep reaching out to us. We're going to keep putting this podcast episode out there for you guys. Yeah, email us with episode ideas, with questions you have. Uh, if you want to be featured on an episode, we'd love to have you. If you have something to bring to the table, we'd love to uh, to get you involved in any way possible. Uh, we're, we're posting content on, on TikTok and on Instagram. 
and on YouTube as well. And so continue to tune in, continue to follow us and share it with your friends, uh, pre-med students, med students, undergrad students, anybody in the general public. We're trying to reach as many as possible to give you an insight on what it is like day in and day out to be a general surgery resident. Yeah. The only way you're going to find this is on this podcast, guys, DFWTP. You have to find it. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, whatever playlist you might use, whatever podcast servicing you use, listen to it there. Check out our Instagram. It's DFW, the pancreas. Check out our TikTok, DFWTP. And and you can shoot us on email at dfwthepancreas at gmail.com. Any ideas, anything you want to hear, anything you want from us, let us know. But you got to keep listening. You got to keep sharing it. And y'all tune into the next episode. We'll see you there. Don't fuck with the pancreas.